Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. Time for sports. Peacock is here. Second loss in a row for the Toronto Maple Leafs last night, Dev. Yeah, the Leafs have uh, lost uh, two in a row. As you said, they've been kind of in a bit, not uh, a bit of a slump. It's uh, I don't want to overstate how many games things. before it's officially a slump. Four. So what would you say, Jim? Well, I mean more. Like, I mean more slumping in terms of like they kind of like they win, they lose, they win, they lose. It's they've no. There's no real winning pattern. This is a losing skid would be three. Yes, a slump would be f- four or five. What's longer, know. a skid or a streak? A streak? A streak is longer. <laughs> Ask your underpants. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> but uh, fans were upset yesterday with, uh, or last night, with uh, Jake uh, Gardner. He got uh, booed during the game, uh, booed at the end of the game, and some of his teammates uh, were not uh, too pleased with it all. What did he do? What did Jake Gardner do he, to He had a bad game. Like, he... he, he it was a bad game. Like I think yeah, he let a guy get away with a yeah. breakaway. I think at one point he tripped over Anderson and kind of screwed up a play. Overall, it was just a... Was His just teammates weren't booing him. No. No. The, they were standing up for him afterwards. They were saying, you know, he does things the fans don't see. He supports the team a lot. He's a good player. They're doing all the things... Uh, that a teammate should. It seemed like they're a little annoyed with the fans, though. I saw some people even commenting after the game about how you know people talk. Like, I think Jerry D had a tweet where he's talking about how uh, I always hear about how the Leafs have the best fans in the game. Well, you don't boo your own guys just because they're playing no. bad. Yeah, and they're having their best season in exactly. Years. This years. is this is the the most hope you've had for a Stanley well, Cup in decades. Like, hey guys, you guys charge an arm and a leg for your tickets. The Leafs have supported you for fifty years without you winning. Jack. Back, I think they're entitled to boo if they want. Oh, so you so think you, the, you're you're on the booers side? Well, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think Jake Gardner is a terrible player, but like what? So they're just supposed to like be like mindless drones? Like they're like from North Korea? They support everything you do without without any sort of regard? How about what Mama Taz always says? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, and let the silence send the message. Yeah, like what? What does booing do? Essentially, you still want the Leafs to win that game. So, yeah. what does booing do other than get in your own player's head? Yeah, or you know, what we're sending a message to management to trade the guy. You know, I don't think that's going to change anybody's mind. I just, I mean, what does like they play in Toronto? Like, hey guys, guess what? Happen. It's it's a tough place to play sometimes. They're passionate about hockey. Is this Gardner after the game? Yeah, that hasn't happened before. That's for sure. Uh, not. Not something you want to hear, um, but uh, plays happen in the game, and um, fans are passionate, and they want to win. Uh-huh. Poor guy, he looks so sad. Yeah. He he has he has had some tough some tough breaks. I mean, I think it was his mistake to put the Leafs out of the playoffs last year. Yeah. So there's a chip on the shoulder when it comes to Gardner for Leafs fans. But <laughs> looking at his eyes, I, I he looks feel like bad he's gonna cry. Guy, yeah. What a what a. But a tough night for that multi-millionaire who gets to, <laughs> who gets to play the game we all love. Yeah, like yeah. I'm sorry, like the lately fans buy your jersey, they fawn over you all the time. It's not as though there's like this like nothing but hate relationship. They're not allowed to express their disappointment with your play when you play horrible. You got Leaf fans text messaging, Dev. Hey guys, just throwing us out there. But if I messed up at my job as much as Gardner has, I'd be fired. So he should be thankful he's just getting the booze. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It is a good point. <laughs> you disagree, Some, Somebody has to screw up. 
in in sport. Essentially, it's a game of mistakes. Like what are, if you're the make guy that always is screwing yeah. up, though. Yeah, it's and, and Gardner has got that reputation now. Hey there, I'm messaging about the Jake Gardner talk. I'm a diehard Leaf fan. Gardner is horrible. He's the reason we lost to Boston in Game 7. He never should have been back in a Leaf jersey this year. Constantly giving the puck away, afraid to take a hit. Truly, he should have been in the movie Bird Box. (laughs) (laughs) Wearing a blindfold with all those idiotic blind passes that he's been making. (laughs) Well, there you have it, Dev. Here's a question for you, Dev. Sure. Who'd you rather have on the team right now, Dion Phaneuf or Jake Gardner? Jake Gardner. Like, if you look at Dion Phaneuf's stats in L.A., he's got, I think, one point this season. He has been, he's been even worse. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd take Jake Gardner 10 times out of 10 over uh, Dion Phaneuf. Well, maybe you should tell Jake Gardner that every, <laughs> every once in a while. He needs to hear it, Dev. He's having a rough day. That hasn't happened before, that's for sure. Uh... Not not something you want to hear. You recognize this song, Jimmy? No. Come on, it's the national anthem of Monaco. Everyone knows that. Oh. <laughs> Had to play this for our next guest. Uh, my friend Heather Atchison is in town, and when we heard she was back in London, we were like, let's get her on the show because she has had an amazing life, started out here in the Forest City, uh, has traveled the world, went to work in the palace in Monaco, and that was just the start of things. Heather, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm sitting over here pretending like I know where Monaco is, but honestly, I have no idea. Okay. Can you do give him a geography of lesson? Of course, Heather? it's in the south of France, but uh, it's, it's its own country. It's okay. a principality. It's uh, a little bit bigger than Central Park. Hmm. About 40,000 Monegasques live there. Is that what they call them? Monegasques? Yes, Monegasques. Mm-hmm. Huh. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And it's super rich, right? Well, there is considerable wealth there, but there are certainly people that live there that are family people that have own and operate restaurants and and businesses and are as normal as, as we all are here in London, Ontario. But of course, I mean, people go to Monaco for many reasons. Certainly it's a, it's a tax reasons can be one, but also because of the beauty and the safety and the security of the principality. There are, I think there's one police officer per every eight or nine citizens. It's, wow. it's quite, hmm. it's security Laden. But Monaco is like where James Bond goes to gamble, That's right? right yeah. Monte Carlo, the casino yeah. is in Monaco. <laughs> oh, okay. Where it sounds like Luxembourg. It's just all, like one of those crazy tiny places. Well, I mean, it, it is. There's something there for everyone, really. It, it is a place where I highly recommend you visit at least once in your lifetime. You went to Fanshawe College? I did. What did you take at Fanshawe College? Business administration. Okay. Wondering, what am I going to do? You know, like most young people, you, you kind of have to explore what you want to do and then hopefully one day your life leads into your authentic self which i think i've aligned with which is fun yeah you're doing pretty good (laughs) so how do you go from fanshawe college to working in the palace of monaco that's a good question i mean it's an evolution like anything um Basically, I started out with the Financial Post in Toronto selling flat ad copy, and that led into live events. And next thing you know, I'm traveling the world doing uh, corporate events for a uh, Fortune 500 companies. And then at one point, I was I was actually doing an event in Calgary. It was the Grey Cup. 
um, working for the Calgary Stampeders. And who, but who should walk into my event but the Prince of Monaco? He was not even Albert? invited. Yes, he was in Calgary bobsledding. And it was a snowy... <laughs> the life of a prince. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, he, hey, what do you want to do this weekend, guys? Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, he participated in, in, in several Did he uh, really? Winter Olympics. Yeah. He was in the games? He was in the games. Oh, and, and, and and at this point, he's an IOC member. He's a terrific gentleman. And anyway, I met him in Calgary. And then he was for, sort of following my career for many years. And, and of course, um, at, at some point, he, he said, you know, maybe you can help sort me out one day. I said, to do what? I mean, he said, well, you know, I, I have international events and I'm on the move and, and maybe you could help sort me out. Wow. So I, I did. And I, what a compliment when a prince walks <laughs> up to you and says, I've been following your career and maybe you can help sort me out. Now, is it true? I heard a rumor that maybe at one point you were romantically linked to oh. the prince. Well, I really mean, sorting him out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, he did ask me out on, on several occasions to various galas. Which, by the way, I, I played this game um, of hiding from the media, which today I'm not. But um, we well, yes, found you. Yeah, I know, but I'm, I'm not on social media. You cannot find me. But I do not. Um, I was never in photos with him, and it was always something that he he kind of admired because the, the the press would show up and the photographer would start and I'd sort of back away and and hide you know like a girl from London Ontario would um yeah but no he's a, a wonderful friend of mine to this day I just yeah. saw him a couple of weeks ago I was in Monaco on another issue and we'll get to that when we uh get to the next the next topic. phase of your life uh, you're you're downplaying how rich <laughs> some people in Monaco are. Ah. You look at, you look at the water. Is it like a little gulf there? It's an island, right? So it's no, it's not an island. It's it's actually uh, uh, attached to France, but it's a, uh, it's a it's a, a, a land mass that has. Um, you have to take a bridge to get no, over no, to no, it. No, no bridge. No, not wow. at all. Not at all. I always thought it was like an island. No. But there's a, there's a big like area where the huge yachts yeah, pull up to you. You see uh, it in all the movies, Port of right? Yeah, the Port de Hercules, and it's uh, it's incredible. Um, yes, there's it's, there's great wealth that comes in and out of Monaco all the time. And to what's live the, there, what's the biggest while. boat you've ever been on? Oh, like how much? How much would you estimate? Have you been on a billion dollar yacht? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Lady Mora, I think, is was the largest at the time when I was. Who owns that one? Um, Doctor Nasser Al Rashid. Mm-hmm. Doctor, what does he do? <laughs> well, he's a doctor or something. <laughs> something profitable. Doctor hey, Eva. <laughs> a billion dollars. Yeah. He and his wife had five children. Beautiful yacht, actually. Yeah. It, it, at that point, they don't call them yachts. They just call them... Well, it's really a ship, but you call it a boat. I call it a mortal engine. It's like a floating country, basically. It really is. Yeah, but the the boats, the cars, I mean, the people with helicopters on their boats, it's all quite surreal. But to live there, I mean, you you have to um, be grounded. And thank goodness I am from London, Ontario. So you can go through the, the system without falling into the pitfalls of taking off with someone on the boat or... Yeah, because once you're in international waters, who knows what's going to (laughs) happen? Let's get back to this this casino, because I've Mm -hmm. always dreamed of going to the Monte Carlo Casino in in Monaco. Mm. What is the biggest bet you've ever witnessed someone make? Um, Actually, not as big as you think. 100,000? Oh, 
peanuts. What euros. were they playing? 100,000 euros? <laughs> yes. What were they playing? Blackjack. Blackjack? Yeah. Did they win or lose? I don't recall. I don't recall any I bet they were. Well, you know what? They have so, so much perhaps, money, yeah. obviously. If you're making bets you're like moving that. moving chips around. You probably don't even remember if you yeah. lost a $100,000 bet. <laughs> it's Lordy. insane. That is insane. But I did have the pleasure to meet Sean Connery there and also Roger James Moore. James Bond was yeah, literally not there. at the casino, but oh. I met them in Monaco at various events. They'd come through. Actually, Roger Moore uh, did live there until he you passed away. You met two James Bonds. Yes. That's, a, that's yeah. so cool. Roger Moore was quite assuming to meet. He's a big man and great voice. And hmm. yeah. I'm so happy our friend Heather Atchison is here. I, it's just great to give young people who might be listening a, a little hope. You know, you, sure. just because you, you grew up in London, Ontario, doesn't mean you... One day can't be working around the world with all sorts of big shot Richie Riches and celebrities. Heather's an event and uh, well, what entertainment planner. Is that your title? What would you call yourself, Heather? Well, at this point, I mean, my title is Global Ambassador. I work with Cirque du Soleil with their Water Foundation One Drop. So we are um, doing great things around the world. A Canadian organization, I, you know, Cirque du Soleil, founded by Guy La Liberté. It's an honor to work with him and uh, to help um, give access to clean water uh, and sanitation to people in, uh, in in countries such as West Africa, India, and uh, Latin America. You've worked in Las Vegas for a while. You got to uh, uh, meet some big stars. You've met Bono. Mm-hmm. You've met Elton John. Yes, one of my favorites. Yeah? Yes. What, uh, what's Elton like in real life? Oh, he's as fun as you get. I mean, he's got that quirky English side to him, which I adore, and he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a bit of a prankster. He likes to have fun. You once planned an event for Michael Jackson. I you did. met Michael Jackson oh, before yes. his death. Yes, wow. I did. What, what a magical evening that was. That was in Monaco when I was working on the World Music Awards. <clears throat> and that was um, quite extraordinary because um, Michael wanted to um, have a, a, an audience with the prince. So the prince decided, he said, Heather, why don't you, you know, get 12 people from the music awards um, of various, uh, not just musicians, but perhaps actors and, and, and uh, other people that are attending film stars and, and put a, like a, a melange of 12 people together. And, and uh, Michael and I will meet at this so it was just a little cocktail, cocktail party with yeah, so when with I was calling, hand-picked I, well, yes, and so, celebrities exactly so by I, you Heather right exactly and so <laughs> I, well, I hand-picked the celebrities but I ran them by the prince to make sure he was happy with the list I gave him he said sure fine so I had to you know call people like Ricky Martin or Anastasia and, and invite them to this private cocktail reception I was totally baffled when I'm on the phone say it's Ricky Martin and, he, and he's like what? I'm going to meet my, my Michael Jackson because Michael would come in for the show he'd do his segment and he'd leave he was extremely private so now to watch the celebrities in the moment when Michael walked in the room to be awestruck by meeting another celebrity was yeah. totally the most unbelievable moment in my event And career. were you awestruck as well, or did you get to meet Michael, you met him enough that you kind of got used to, hey, this is just a guy? Well, you start calling him Mike after a while? <laughs> no, you wouldn't do that. But I, no, I, I was, awestruck wouldn't be the word. I mean, I was a bit taken back because of his persona. He was a very um, shy person, and he, he talked very, very softly, and, uh, and, and he was extremely polite, very sweet. I, I felt sorry for him. Um, I think... 
yeah, it was, very isolated life. It, it was isolated, and so to see him interact with these celebrities, he was still extremely shy. They were very ingratiating to him, and uh, there was a group photo of them all, which never went out to the media. But we do, we do. I do a lot of private things. That's why I'm not on media. But you can't really talk about all. Can I of see them. your cell phone? I want to flip through your photos. <laughs> you enjoy that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't want to lose that. But yeah, he was an honor to meet Michael, and and God bless him. I went to Vegas uh, this past August uh, when it would have been his 60th birthday. And of course, Cirque du Soleil has a Michael Jackson one show. So his family attended um, in Paris and, and Prince You've Michael. You met and Michael and Tito? Oh, Tito was there, yes. What? No <laughs> yes, way. Yes, he was there. So we, we watched the show and then we went and had a, a nice evening. Um, uh, it was great because Usher performed all the Michael Jackson sh- songs. I mean, it was just an epic evening to oh, honor life Michael had, Jackson. That was, it was nice to be invited. So cool. Before we let you go, our friend Heather Atchison is here. She is a, a global event planner and uh, she She's, she's met some cool people. She's been to some amazing places. For young people in London, Ontario, one piece of advice you would give them if they want to find their true self one day and live an awesome life like you've uh, uh, been you. leading. Well, first of all, I give back to my local community. Never forget where you come from. London is a great city. I love it here. I'm always promoting it. And, um, you know, I work now with Adam Bain with the Wellspring London um, projects. Uh, we are doing a big event, Battle of the Bands, coming up on March the 1st. And uh, so I think that no matter what you do in your career, whether you get into something as glamorous and fun as I do or or go into, thank goodness, healthcare and places of that nature, but always remember uh, London, Ontario is a great city and, and give back to your local community even if you do great right. things abroad. It's about your community. You start it, you start where you are mm-hmm. and then your community may grow like yours has, Heather Atchison. It has and, and you have good friends like Jimmy Smith that are uh, always with you. Good old Jimmy Smith. <laughs> we love him. Everyone knows Jimmy. Yeah, he's, he's a dear friend of mine and, and, and uh, Thank you for having me today. I enjoyed uh, being here with you both. Well, it's great every time you're back in town. I love (laughs) listening to your stories. (laughs) We should explain that. Double D's is dynamic duo. It's Heather's Heather's nickname for us. So (laughs) clarify what's going on here in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully we'll see you in Vegas soon. I'd love to see you in Vegas. Or if if you ever need a date to the uh, the Monte Carlo Casino in Monaco, I'm sure my wife would le- give me up for one night and, and lend <laughs> me out. With you. Thank Absolutely. you so much, You're Heather. Welcome. What a pleasure. <laughs> this is great. The champion Clemson Tigers visited the White House, the football team who just won the NCAA uh, championship. Mm-hmm. And because of the government shutdown, there was no one to prepare food for them while they were there. So Donald Trump, the President of the United States, had a great idea. The Clemson championship team, the national championship team will be coming tonight. It'll be exciting. Uh, A very great team. An unbelievable team. And I think we're going to serve McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King's with some pizza. I really mean it. It'll be interesting. And I would think that's their favorite food. So we'll see what happens. But they're coming tonight, the national champions, subject to the weather. And he did it. Have you not seen the pictures of this, Jim? I did. I did. They tried to stack it up so it seemed like a legitimate meal. Like they tried to display it like it was something special, but it was just a bunch of fast food. There was like uh, Whoppers on silver platters. (laughs) uh, Trump says he paid for the food himself. USA Today uh, counted what was in the pictures. Their tally included 48 Big Macs, 42 filet fish 54 quarter-pounders, 48 six-piece nuggets, 
32 side salads, 52 chicken go wraps, 30 junior cheeseburger deluxes, and 30 whoppers, plus the many, many fries. <laughs> the best fries that Donald Trump promised were on the table as well. They estimate that uh, Trump dropped about $861.72 on the fast food. Huh. Now, if that came at midnight at a wedding as like the meal, I would be, I would be stoked. But if I was at the White House, I feel like it'd be a little underwhelming. Yeah. The uh, the team said they thought it was a joke at first, and that their uh, their trainers and nutritionists must be going nuts watching <laughs> the video of them eating this fast food. <laughs> they ate the the burgers off of fine china, and they drank the uh, fine china. <laughs> Fine China, China. <laughs> they drank the Coke out of goblets, so they got wow. yeah, fancy, like medieval times. <laughs> fancy cups for their pop. That is uh, that is hilarious. Oh, and Trump did a little. He said grace before uh, before they all sat down to eat dinner. Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of dominoes. KFC and the always delicious Taco Bell. <laughs> uh, it would have been cold, too, because that food had to pass multiple security checkpoints to get into the White House, and then they stacked it all up on those platters. It was sitting there. Not a heat lamp in sight. Yeah, it was sitting there for a while. And there's some fast food that tastes good cold. There's others that once it goes cold, it's done. The well, fries. The fries are brutal cold. Fry, yeah, they get all soggy. KFC is good cold. What's another yeah, good true. cold fast food? You can eat KFC right out of the fridge. It's you almost are. better the next day. We asked you guys, what's the best fast food to eat cold? Dave LaPointe says, best cold fast food is pizza. It's mm. always great cold the next day. I agree. Or cold chicken wings are good, too. The absolute worst cold fast food is nachos. Like with all the the cold cheese and everything. Have you ever tried to eat nachos the next day? <laughs> no. There is no greater way to feel shame in your life. <laughs> Why is it so bad? If you go out boozing, like you watch a hockey game, you have a bunch of beers, and you take the rest of the nachos home, put them in the fridge, you wake up with a little bit of a hangover the next day. Open that container up. <laughs> There is zero crispiness left in the nachos. Oh, disgusting. They have just absorbed, like, all the grease, the cheese. There's, like, weird little pools of fat. I, oh, I've never even seen anybody ask to take nachos home. You know what I mean? It's, that's I've, one of the things you just I've leave on the table. It. Back in my student days, yeah. you know, you, you keep whatever food you got because sure. you don't know where your next meal is coming from. I, I experimented with leftover nachos. <laughs> Sounds like a drug. <laughs> I experimented for a while, but luckily I got off them. Said no to nacho. I tried warming them up in the microwave. That didn't fix them. Mm-hmm. Put them in the oven. Thought maybe they become crispy again. <laughs> rebake them. <laughs> if you rebake them, that didn't work. I agree. Cold leftover nachos. What terrible. About, are you the type of person that will, uh, you know, they give you monstrous bags of popcorn at the movie theater. Will you take that bag of popcorn home from the movie theater and then eat it the next day? No. Do you do that, Jim? No, my girlfriend takes her popcorn home. Dumper. She's gone. <laughs> Red flag. <laughs> and I think we're going to serve McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King's with some pizza. I really mean it. <laughs>